I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to the Europa League final preview edition of the Villarreal USA podcast. Has a nice ring, doesn't it, Alan? That this doesn't have a nice ring to it. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. This is Sid, and uh, welcome ahead of, in some ways, but but not all, but maybe is one of the biggest moments in the club's history. I wouldn't say most important, because I think most important is making sure we continue to remain in La Liga and the promotions to get there and all of those different things. Um, but a celebration of sorts um, ahead in Wednesday, on Wednesday in Poland. Um, and nice to have a, a few more than 2,000 VRL fans who will be there. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruno Soriano, Santi Cazorla among them. Um mm-hmm. I think maybe, Alan, we'll start with a little review of what's happened since we may last have spoken or coming into the last part of the season. Um, Big, big win against Sevilla. Unfortunately, we didn't get the help we needed um, from opponents of Real Sociedad and Real Betis. So we came into the last round knowing that we had the toughest assignment playing away to Madrid who needed to win to keep the pressure on Atletico who would need to then win to win La Liga. Um, whereas Sociedad played away to Osasuna and Betis played away to Celta, neither of whom really had any particular motivation. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that despite a very promising-looking setup at halftime where Betis trailed, uh, La Real was level, and we were ahead, which actually at one point had put us in fifth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, results did not quite hold, and in the span of a couple minutes late, um, Betis went from 2-0 down to 3-2 ahead, and then Lareal scored in Pamplona, and we conceded not only the equalizer, but eventually lost the match in extra time, mm-hmm. though it didn't matter for Real Madrid's no. No. title hopes. Yeah. What, it, do you, what do you make of that end of season? Well, you know, I think it, it wasn't just at halftime. I think about 60 minutes in, we were still looking pretty good for fifth, but... but you know, I think at, I think even at eighty-five minutes there, right with La Real, with La Real, I, I can't remember when they were and us ahead. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, it was we were it, still in the Europa League. Yeah, it, but you know, I think that was one of those. You know, also, and I don't know what the thing is, but Osasuna definitely not a team to lay down. But the Basque connection there, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. 
and I have never, never found Celta to be particularly fans of ours or Aspas, and I think that feeling is mutual. So yeah, could be. You, uh, I, yeah, I don't. <laughs> you don't know what you're getting out of that team in any on any given day. In any case, yeah, I, th- I don't think. I mean, I think what we've learned over the years is that you know you can't go into the last match needing help and assume you're going to get it. So you know, in that sense, fine. As it turned out, um, yeah, I mean, have it, 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 we didn't get any help, so our result was kind of irrelevant. I think the real thing to me was that the assumption seemed to be on that we would um, do more rotations than we did. I think going back to the podcast you and I did after the Arsenal match, um, we were we were saying that, or you said, I know, that you thought it was better preparation to sort of having to be playing games where they really mattered. And I think that's probably the way Unai Emery, you know, certainly approached it was that we put out a team that was going to, that was, we were playing as if it mattered. Um, Man United on Sunday did the opposite and played a team of mostly um, second stringers, I think. And, you know, it's hard to know which one of those works best. Um, Obviously, the concern is that if you... um, I wouldn't say so much tiredness at this point of the season, but if you put your best players out and one of them gets injured, you know, then what have you done? So um, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that was the thing. I think everybody sort of was like, ah, you know, <laughs> not sure I really want to see Gerard out there. Not sure I really want to see Powell out there, but everything, you know, seemed to work okay. So I think, mm-hmm. I think the um, Sevilla, uh, you know, I think probably one question that you would look at both of the both Sevilla and Real Madrid is that I think um, Sevilla probably weren't terribly motivated and uh, and Carlos Baca certainly was getting a getting a start there against his former club um, Real Madrid I didn't really I don't guess I don't really put a whole lot of um, emphasis on the final result other than. I, it's another example of where we have a lead and we go defensive late and we don't hold the lead. Um, I, it's mitigated a little bit here by the fact that some of the substitutions we made were, um, you know, substitutions to get people rest and whatnot. And it was also true that by the time we got into extra time, we knew that we weren't going to finish anything other than seventh anyway, I think. So, you know, that's, that's kind of how I, how I see that. But I think the first half we played, we played quite well against Madrid. I think we sort of let them come back into the game, um, in the second half more than we should have. And that's, as I say, kind of been a continuing problem for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now again, yeah, I, I have a little bit of a hard time. Unfortunately, I, held out hope that I expressed surprise when I looked at the scores at halftime as mm-hmm. to, uh, mm-hmm. The possibility, and of course, I think the big sort of uh, one that that uh, caught the eye was Celta went up two nil, uh, but then they conceded that goal back relatively quickly. Very quickly, and yeah. Yeah. The next two for Betis came in rapid fire. Of course, in classic Betis fashion, they then managed to get someone sent off, so they ended up playing with ten, and and again the. 
the combo that was most likely, if any, was us bettering Betis's result, you know, which I think would have mm-hmm. more realistically been a draw for us and yeah. and a yeah. loss for them. Um, yeah. But Celta, after that two nil, doesn't doesn't yeah. appear that they uh, they threaten too much, even with the man up. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I think the it was it was just a tough setup and and again I mean I think we we can all go back to many moments but of course the the stoppage time goal against Betis completely still mysteriously play was stopped mm-hmm. uh, right mm-hmm. when we were in on goal and then scored on the Raba of course Raba of all people who appears not to be able to hit the broadside of a barn in other matches. Right. Actually scored in that on that occasion. And, and it didn't uh, count. Had had that called back. So not only was that a point for us, but it was two points against the team we were directly chasing, plus right. the goal average, I believe, mm-hmm. would have then been in our favor. Yeah. So it I th- was I- a four point swing. Um, yeah, I think the I think the thing is though, I think looking at looking back at it um, I mean, there was a, some discussion about this, you know, that last year we finished fifth and this year we finished seventh. But the difference in points, I think, was one, right? 60 versus mm-hmm. 59. Yeah, and, no, it was nothing, nothing significant. Yeah, so. nothing significant. And really, I think I think we all know that the thing that really did us in was just that string of draws where we, where we didn't... Um, where we did, on the season. Yeah, I mean that that's really it. It's and just I think too many. It's too many. And I think that um several people have pointed out that in a sense that's sort of the flip side of what you get with with Emery's good game management on in knockout ties is that sometimes he's he is too um he is too careful to not lose maybe mm-hmm. at, in in mm-hmm. league play than than he is to sort of go all out for the three points and again i think some of that may also come down to the fact that this was a season without much of a preseason where you're working out what you're you're learning your players on the fly um but yeah, I think that's something that next year I would say, regardless of who's in the squad, um, if you look at what's going to be the difference between us being a top top seven team, top ten team, top four team, I think you'd put your finger on that. It's like the teams that do that finish in the top four manage to find ways to win those matches that otherwise would be draws, and that has not been our strength. Yeah, well, interestingly, that was uh, Emery, Sevilla, and Valencia for mm-hmm. many years, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. at least when it came to the league. But um, it, it's it, one one thing to note is, you know, we didn't feel that close to the top four last year, but there was a point late in the season that we weren't so far away. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I think the match that, functionally or maybe by the numbers eliminated us was the one where Ocampos uh, went in goal after yes. having scored a late goal and then yes. stopped their keeper uh, off a quarter or some, some ridiculous set of severe circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But the gap group right. and 
it, you know, it, it was clear. I mean, Betsy's finished ahead of us, by the way, on a zero GD. Mm-hmm. So I would mm-hmm. be interested to see how many times in in top European leagues you had a team with zero GD finish in the top six. It's not not going to be too many. Not going to be too many. Um, yeah, yeah. And and that of course, had they drawn, they actually they still would have been ahead of us on the final accounting, um, mm-hmm. even if we had drawn, and they could have therefore made the top six with a negative GD. Yeah, uh, yeah, which would have been impressive, but <laughs> impressive so, in some way, yes. Yeah, no, so so obviously not a not a brilliant team by any means, but seemingly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit more good luck, and you know, obviously not having to navigate another competition. <laughs> yeah, I think that really hurt, say, Granada this year. Um, yeah, I think I think just in terms of squad depth, and you know, I think that. That team is is you know a better team than Betis, but I don't think they're a better team than Betis when also playing to the last eight of the Europa League. Right, right. And I also I think, think that this year, I remember also th- that they knocked out Napoli. No, yeah, and yeah. How seriously, Napoli took that competition. You can, you can argue, but Napoli, you know, <laughs> managed to shoot themselves out of a Champions League place, but yeah, you know, yeah. is, is a Champions League caliber team. Right. I think I think one of the things about this year too, and and that and this has been true, I mean, not just in Spain, but certainly I guess it's been said also about the about the EPL um this year. And I and I really think it's a reflection of the pandemic and the lack of crowds and everything, is that it just hasn't there haven't been dominant it it hasn't it, how, how do I want to put it i think the football overall has been of an acceptable level but but there haven't been that many teams that just make you go wow this year it seems like mm-hmm. it seems like everybody has sort of had their ups and downs and mm-hmm. and i think we even saw that with sevilla late in the year where they managed to shoot themselves in the foot and essentially um, they were in a, it looked like with a month to go, we might actually have a four team race for first again, mm-hmm. not that any of those four have, you know, were particularly, I wouldn't say the four as a group were, were particularly impressive, but they were all very close. And then Sevilla managed to kind of knock themselves out of that. Um, you know, fair play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to- well, and so did Barcelona. In fairness, that's right. Um, that's right. But I do think you have to say on the balance on that point, the best team won the league. Uh, well, clearly the, the most consistent. The most um, consistent. Over, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say they were necessary. I mean, this is the thing that you know. I I feel obliged since Zach isn't with us to point out. Um, a, a, the um, expected goals for the season. If you look at um, how the match, how how the season would have finished based on expected goals, um, Barcelona would have won, Real Madrid mm-hmm. would have been second, Real Sociedad would have been third, Sevilla mm-hmm. fourth, and Atletico Madrid fifth. We would have been sixth. Mm-hmm. Betty mm-hmm. seventh. Interesting. So yeah, and, interesting. Yeah. So interesting. I mean, Atleti, Atleti really. Um, benefited from um from uh, they they tended to score more goals than they than they um 
They scored almost 10 more goals than expected goals would have said, at least this side I'm looking at. And they gave up 10 fewer goals than expected goals would have said. So that's, that's pretty impressive. And meanwhile, mm. at the bottom, we would have had Granada, Cadiz, and Elche relegated, none of whom were. <laughs> so mm. maybe well, that's... Yeah, maybe, I don't think Cadiz and, and Elche are, are, are big surprises. Granada, interesting. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I know. Wild, mm. isn't it? Anyway... Um, um, but that, you know, but yeah, well, yeah. And, but I, I think also to some extent we all knew that story for on Barcelona, mm-hmm, <laughs> and, mm-hmm, and yes. that, that I think was part of the maybe people people watching the fall of it and uh, and observing it. Yeah, they yeah. clearly they clearly were less than some of parts, right? And uh, maybe look at the manager, anyone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Whereas, whereas you had another team that was more than the sum of its parts. And look at the manager but, there wow, too. Yeah. Plus ten and minus ten on on both sides. Yeah, uh, that's a that's it's pretty amazing. That's quite I large. just I just yeah. keep I just keep remembering back all those years ago. I think. When when did Simeone arrive at Atleti? Well, like wasn't it twenty ten eleven season or the season after that? And and there was all this discussion about how well you know this guy hasn't really stayed anywhere very long, and you know probably not gonna not gonna be around too long. Wow. <laughs> and and even a couple of years ago, I mean, it seemed like his motivation was getting a little a little mm-hmm. less. Seemed like and I think Inter was the big rumor yeah. at that time. Yeah. I think because of his son as well. Yeah. Who was playing in Italy. Right, exactly. So I think the so I think in that sense, um yeah, it's great that they that they've uh, that they had such a successful season. Um do you want to take like a very short break and then let's talk about the teams for the final and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, we have a we have another match. We have another like match. Almost all the rest of the European football world. I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, it's, 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 it's. What three English teams and and Villarreal? Yeah, it's kind of yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really know. As I said all along, I think you know Manchester United have to be favorites. I would say not enormous favorites, but favorites. Um, but it's only one match, and I think clearly Villarreal fans. If you're if you're optimistic, your optimism has to be first and foremost based on. Unai Emery's record in in Europe, um, he's just been really good at this sort of thing. That said, mm-hmm. you know he's he's mm-hmm. won several finals. He's lost one, so he's not you know like everybody. He's not perfect. Mm-hmm. I, I think also you would have to base it that my uh, my odds of us perk up when I hear that Foyt and Chukweze should be available. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's for the full 90 or otherwise. Right. I right. definitely think right back was our weakest position. Mm-hmm. And I think Foyt is the one who has proven the most reliable. Again, yeah. he hasn't even played there a huge amount in the league. 
obviously we have two players who actually are supposed to be right backs um, who, who were play getting most of the minutes in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but he sure makes you feel a lot better about the balance in the team. Um, right. And I think, frankly, makes you feel a lot better about playing Jukwese. Yeah, um, I think that's, I think that's exactly right. As opposed to needing to think of a more defensive-minded um, mm-hmm. winger to try and compensate. So, right. but you... so if if that top eleven is available, mm-hmm. I, I do think you know you feel pretty good that you know I I don't know our weak link to me at that point I, w- I would say is probably the unknown as to where Alcacer is physically and also his finishing, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which just hasn't been there. Right, and so if if they are able to take away Gerard to an extent, you know, do we, do we feel like we have somebody who, uh, who can, who can make things happen? Yeah. But yeah. that, that for me is a much more minor kind of concern than, you know, worrying about Mario or seemingly somewhat out of form Pena. Mm-hmm. And then the sort of collateral effects that has on the midfield and, uh, and, the uh, right-sided winger right well i think the real question i mean it would be a it would be a huge stretch to start foyth and chikwese when they've both been out of action for what three well in foyth's case since arsenal and um i don't and when did samu go out that was was that arsenal also I think it was the first leg. First leg. So, so yeah, yep. I, mean, I think that would Remember, be. Remember, he absolutely lit up the first leg. Yes, he did. I think was so. The, I think that would be a real. Player. Now, it's it's a little bit long when you say that, Alan, but it's also not really that much time mm-hmm. if you're if you're counting from, you know, since the second leg, we've had all of two matches. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, so, I, yeah. So. I think it. I think it really. Um, I think it really, it would be if it would be great if we. I mean, one thing about the five substitutions rule as opposed to three is, I would say it does encourage a manager when you've got a case like this where you've got if you've got two guys you clearly want to start if you think they're fit, your risk of having them play thirty minutes and have to come out is not as great if you have five substitutes as opposed to three, obviously. You know, yep. if, and I think I think for the same reason you have to take that risk with Alcacer as opposed to thinking of trying to play Baca if you would, or play say Chukweze and Pino and put Gerard in the middle, just because yeah. not only is the is you know the potential for Alcacer, of course, in terms of his finishing, but you allow Gerard to play in his best position. Yeah, I don't. So, I don't. So. I, uh, to me, the thing that worries me about Paco is that he hasn't. You know, Zach was saying earlier in the season. Well, you know, he doesn't shoot much, but he tends to has a really good return when he shoots. Well, lately he hasn't even had any shots, and so I think that's got to be the real question. Is I'm not convinced that Baca is the answer either. But I think Emery has got to really look at Alcacer and think about okay, what what sort of shape, what sort of physical and mental shape is he in? Because since that second injury, he has not been the same. 
I thought he mm-hmm. was, after he came back from the first injury, he seemed to be recovering some form, and then it's basically disappeared. So I think that's the that's a big question that, he, that Emory has to answer. And I'm still not convinced, even though, I mean, the, the goalkeeping situation is also, I think, unclear. Um, mm-hmm. Emery seemed to suggest mm-hmm. that Ruley would start the final, but then Ruley played on on um, Saturday against Madrid. And yeah, I took I took I took a different cue based on that. I yeah. took the cue that I think Asenjo was going to was going to get the opportunity, and again, whatever Ruley's shakiness was, I think it was less. I think it was more about that second leg against Arsenal. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I have to say like I was the pressure got to him a little bit, a little bit. And I have to say, I mean, I thought in, in one of the other podcasts, Robin made a really good point, which is that, or maybe it was Zach or both of them, which was that Ruley is, um, as, as far as a distributor of the ball from the back, Ruley is overall, I would say better than a Senho. But if a Senho gets into trouble, he's going to boot the ball out of bounds somewhere, Ruley will try something that might be very dangerous. And I think you have to kind of, I, I, you have to kind of look at that too. I mean, I was all for thinking Ruley until that point was made. And I was like, you know, you're right. I mean, you kind of have to decide um, you maybe need to sacrifice a bit of what you want to make sure you don't have the big mistake, I, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, and we all can can recall Carius from a couple of years ago. Right, it's, exactly. It's happened exactly. on a big stage. Yep, yep. So I think you have to look at. I think you have to look at that. Um, I mean, if you think that Foyth and Chukwesi can start, that makes your starting lineup pretty simple, really. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if and because you know, then then you pretty much pretty much know what it is. Um, I think if they can't start, if if you think you can save them for um, for a cameo, like in Foyth's case, I guess that would be if we feel like we're at, we're ahead late and we need some defensive more defense than Mario or whoever can give us, or in Chukwueze's case, if we're behind and we need a and we need a spark off the bench, yeah, you could you could you could do that, but then. That begs the question of, do you do you go with Jeremy for for um, you know sixty seventy minutes up front? Um, do you go with uh, Mario for sixty seventy minutes at the back? I think both of those are less than ideal options, but I think you might you know you might try to do that. I'm I'm thinking that as we've said before, I think both teams. Neither team is probably likely to keep the other one from scoring. Zach pointed out that both clubs tend to get a lot of penalties. And so probably it may be a more wide open game than you, than you expect. And so, I don't know. Do you want, how do you want to play that? Do you want Chuk? If I, if I think Chukwueze and Foyth can, can start, I start them, I guess. It's kind of my feeling. Mm-hmm. Now, keep in mind it's a final. Finals are always, generally speaking, tighter. Mm-hmm. So you know, maybe in a semifinal, this is a three-one, three-two kind of affair. I, I would be, I would be surprised if our final scoreline is something more than two-one. 
Um, yeah, I think you're putting. So, too, I think your. I think your your analogy is with the Stanley Cup is a little bit too much there. I don't know. I I just I, I actually do think it'll be two one or three one. I or it, or it could be. I I think it. I think it really could. I. If you look at Europa League finals generally, that's sort of been the case. I mean, I don't remember all of them, but, you know, Sevilla won 3-1 over Liverpool. Um, I think Sevilla defeated uh, the Dinopro, whatever the team is. It's not around anymore. Wasn't that like... Dnipro. Dnipro. Wasn't that like... Four two or something. I mean, I I, I don't know. I, I feel I think the Europa League finals have generally uh, yeah. I think been I think open. a final against Nipro when you know not not against a well major okay final but all right team. okay well, Liverpool you, you noted but yeah but, but yeah I mean but, so so yes there can there can be yeah. I mean but I think but you, just generally speaking the tendency in finals is that it it ends up being a pretty tight game. Yeah, but on the um, other hand, neither team. I mean, you look at you, you look at Man United <laughs> when they were when they played Fulham, when they had their starting group out there. I mean, neither one of these teams has been really good at blanking an, an opponent. So, I I just I just think, I think we'll have goals. I I just hope we have more of them. We very all have more of them. I should yeah say. yeah. 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 Well, and, and I and I think on your point on the lineup that I mean I, I don't the the one thing I had mentioned to you was yeah. you know Chukwueze going down um, in that second leg was was a big impact, but of the natural replacements we had at positions you know you'd be most concerned about, you know. I find Jeremy a better replacement than, for example, our, if Voigt is in the match, our next choice at center back. Mm-hmm. Or if Ibora is hurt, our, you know, I suppose Coquelin did okay, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. you know, really our next choice in midfield to replace any of the guys who would be starting. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. God forbid, if something happened to Gerard. So there is at least a like for like replacement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he scored against Madrid. I think he's had some pretty consistently good performances right. for a player so young. I frankly think his consistency has been excellent. Yeah, um, I would agree there. All, all things considered. So again, I would I wouldn't be I wouldn't be hurt by by playing him. And you know, Man United is not the sort of rough and tumble EPL version of a team mm-hmm. so it's not like you know they're gonna come and kick at him and he's gonna be taken out of the match that way you mm-hmm. know i think mm-hmm. he'll be able to if he's in the match show his skill um right. and and same for samu so yeah yeah one thing that i i think it's i mean i think it's very nice um you know i know sir alex ferguson is is gone to the is, is going to be at the match you mentioned Santi and Bruno being at the match for for Villarreal um, kind of reminds me that some of the players on Manchester United anyway have a history of playing against Villarreal and um, of course Juan Mata has a lot from from being in Valencia but I was thinking of um, wasn't Edinson Cavani on the Napoli team that we eliminated in 2010-2011 and I know Bruno Fernandez was on the Sporting Lisbon team that we eliminated a couple of years ago. So I don't know. I don't know if that makes me feel 
optimistic or not, but it but it's worth pointing out that a couple of the of the Man United um, key players are players that that have faced us before and did not right. succeed. And when the final ends up nil nil in penalties, we will be able to note again that neither team has scored against the other. Right, there is there is that there is that. I think the clo- yeah. what was the closest? Cristiano Ronaldo hitting the crossbar. I think <laughs> one I think of those so. one I of those games. So. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, if it's if it's nil nil after after 120 minutes and we go to penalties, yeah, okay. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm really planning to watch the match and just kind of, regardless of what happens, enjoy it and be calm and everything. But if it goes to penalties, I swear I don't know if I can take it. Indeed, <laughs> <laughs> indeed. Um, but I do, I do think that that's a good point, Alan. That this is one to to enjoy. Um, not that we don't want to win by by all means and have that title and have that star or or however you're going to commemorate it that you mm-hmm. can't take away. But you know, sometimes it is the journey. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, and yeah. and the whole journey and and all the things that you see on the the club's media and talking to to teams and all. And, and again, for Manchester United, a Europa League final is not going to be written in their lore forever, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. certainly will be for us. And, you know, I look at, for example, Leicester winning the FA Cup and uh, the sort of jubilation that their fans had at that. You know, mm-hmm. I can... Mm-hmm. Only imagine some some scene of that nature, sort of that that's not one you're you're able to take away. Um, right, right. So yeah, I, I think in, it's enjoy the moment, and 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 that's one thing that I think will be big that you know we sort of discussed, and you could feel again a little bit player, <laughs> the the atmosphere getting a bit tight late in the game against Arsenal. I would like to think that sort of that pressure is off. Mm-hmm. And these guys can go and play their game, and they have a confident manager who's been in these situations. Um, you know, they have two members who really should be in the Spain starting eleven right. at the the Euro. Um, I mean, this is a good team. Yeah, it is a good team, and I think it is a good team, and I think it's, um, and I think the opposition is is similar. The opposition is a good team. Both teams have been, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say they set the league, their their respective leagues on fire. I think the fact that Man United is, is you know, is where they are in the EPL is fine, but that's more of a reflection of, as we were saying, it's just been a kind of an unusual season in the EPL. Um, but I'm, I think it'll be, say, the only thing I really hope is that we play well enough, regardless of the outcome, that we get the respect we deserve. We did not get that when we lost to Liverpool in the semis in 2016. I think if we get that respect, regardless of the outcome, I'll be happy. Yeah, well, and and I, but I do think sort of mentally breaking through that hurdle and getting yeah, to the final so. was was some was significant huge. aspect yeah, of that. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's, it was just it was being able to sort of <laughs> get get through that moment. I think that, yeah. that and I think it was psychological and I think, barrier. And I think it was really interesting that we defeated another EPL side, Arsenal, to do it. We def you know, never mind the I mean, never mind the Emery um 
connection with Arsenal and everything, but just going, you know, facing another EPL side in the semis and progressing was great. And I think the fact that the team um, held out in a situation where with the injuries and what, I mean, we played really, really well and we had some barriers to overcome and we overcame them. And I think that was the, that was a real, really positive thing. So I'm sure as, um, as Joaquin um, said about Emery, I guess when he was at, at Valencia, you know, the guy, you know, has so many videos and things for you to watch. I should just spend my time eating popcorn. I'm sure Emery has, has done a lot of that in preparation for this match. But I think first and foremost, it probably is about, you know, this is, you, you know, you guys are a good team. You deserve to be here. Go out and, you know, play your hearts out. Enjoy yourself. If if we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. But, you know, don't don't leave anything on the pitch, basically. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, leave mm-hmm. everything on the pitch. Don't, don't, mm-hmm. let's not go back later and say, oh, if we'd done this, maybe we would have, maybe we would have won. I mean, you, you, you can't you've got to come up with a game plan you think is going to work. If it works great, if it doesn't work, that's okay. You did your best, you know, but you gotta, you gotta go out there. And, and I think that really is part of what's different about any final is that being in the final, you're going to get remembered even if you lose, but the semis, if you don't get past the semis, not so much. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, yep. that's part of it. And, and it, you know it'll it'll be interesting. I know that finals are played to be won and all of these things. And you know, it, once you're in a final, you don't sort of um, take it with any lack of respect, even if it's Europa League final. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. you know, and and Man U this year, remember the reason they dropped into the Europa League is they couldn't even get out of the group stage in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But but I think, you know, to me, we, we've been talking a lot at the end of the season about various teams' motivation and the fact, for example, Sevilla had nothing to play for being uh, sort of good good time for us to see them. It'll be interesting. Uh, again, there's, there's a trophy on the line and, and all of those things are true, but we are staring into the conference, not just the Europa League. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's a. In, we can talk about it more if we get there, but to me, it's it's more a more a, a you know, glamorized intertoto, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. It, it's it's a big deal this match for us. Yeah, you know, and so you're you're not playing this match to get into the Champions League. The purpose is to win the trophy, but. The bonus for us, you know, it, it's much higher. And, you know, you're looking at a lot of these players who, you know, potentially could be in the shop window. But mm-hmm. if they make the Champions League, the draw of staying here could be a lot greater. So, I mean, it's it's important on a lot of dimensions. Right. Uh, and right. we'll see if any of that comes out. You know, at some at some point in the match, or or mm-hmm. in some level of of intensity or otherwise, so right. it, it'll be good, I think, for us to not uh, end up conceding early and sort of having to try and chase the game and and allow Man U to to build up some some level of uh, 
mm-hmm. some level of confidence, confidence. or right. sort of feeling like okay we can we can see this out sort of thing mm-hmm. i think the longer it goes as a tight game uh the better for us and and again i think we have a little extra plus on that front that we need this match sort of for next season and and beyond and to keep the roster intact and all those things a little bit more than Man United does. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, I mean, obviously the motivation is first and foremost to win the trophy, um, but there's a much bigger collateral benefit if if the Real win. Um, in Man United's case, it's just a little extra money for winning the final compared to competing in it. Um, mm-hmm. So that's true. However, I hope that we don't focus on that too much because I think that's the sort of thing that would would be a little numbing, frankly. Um, I think if we're, I think how I, we typically do pretty well early in matches um, this season under Emery. So I guess I, I guess I would be, um, my hope would be that whatever happens, it's not such a, difference from that that his game plan has to change dramatically i kind of feel like um if we can if we can get the first goal i think that'll be a real positive thing if man united get the first goal it's not so bad unless they get a second goal and then then i think it gets it gets tougher for us by far because then if you're two goals down We've got to press forward. We're gonna le- we're gonna have to leave more gaps at the back, and I think those will get exploited by by people, um, you know, like Cavani and one and ones and things like that. So I think I think for us, it probably is more important to try to get the lead early. And the longer we can hold the lead, the more confident we'll get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or again, I think not be chasing is is, yeah. is yeah. equivalent to me to even having the lead. Um, I think it's interesting you mentioned, of course, Cavani, and I think the only thing uh, the long-time VRL fans associate with <laughs> with him is somebody like a Falcao, um, just in terms of you know big presence, aerial presence, mm-hmm. um, you know, athletic, and 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 we've talked about this on a few occasions. I I feel like the center back pairing we have is the best we've had in, you know, however long, maybe ever. Well, Um, certainly better than the center back pairing we had. I mean, when we played Falcao in the, in, in Porto in the Europa semis, remember Gonzalo had, had had his leg broken. We were, mm -hmm. you know, we had a patchwork back four and uh, Mm -hmm. we're certainly Mm -hmm. better than that now. So, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and yeah. and not just Falcao at Porto, but of course Falcao at Atletico absolutely killed us. Killed so, us. Yes. So yes, exactly. Um, so it was over the course of years, but I, I'm saying I think our center back pairing, you know, of course quality. Yeah. But physical presence, aerial presence, um, and and maybe a little bit of attitude with Albiol uh, in yeah. in a way that that some guys didn't have of just kind of, you know, I need to make a little push here or there. I can probably get away with it mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. because I have that respect. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm just not going to not gonna take nonsense. I think playing in Serie A for a number of years only added to that sort of mentality yeah. of his. I, re- um, I, remember, I remember somebody early on when, when he was first with us getting all concerned because – 
we, somebody, you know, we had scored a goal and they were like, well, you know, Albiol didn't celebrate with everybody else. And I'm like, Albiol doesn't, you know, he's not going to be, <laughs> he's going to be the guy that's kind of quiet so he can, he can do what he does. He, you know, he's not going to. He's not, he's not out to be everybody's friend. He's not out to be everybody's <laughs> friend. He's out to do a job. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's that's how he's gonna that's how he's gonna approach it. So yeah. So I don't know. I you know I don't know. Do you want to give a prediction? I'm not sure. I do. I just. But <laughs> I don't know what I would say because I think I think it could be any of a number of results. Frankly, <clears throat> I will I will make my prediction that Gerard Moreno will score. Okay. I I will um, agree with that. Okay. I think that's so that. That I will say. I don't know beyond that. I have a feeling we could be in for a little bit of bonus bonus soccer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so we'll we'll see. Now again, I think if it gets bad, it's probably against us. Mm-hmm. I don't see us running away with this. But then again, that's not something we've done. You know, we've had maybe a match or two the entire season that have been comfortable yeah exactly uh, we, we don't I, I yeah we don't do comfortable. quality opposition so, right. so i don't i don't anticipate that to happen um like you said if we end up being two goals down 60 minutes in i could see it you know ending up 4-1 or something like yeah. that but yeah. I, don't, I don't i don't think that will happen i think that they you know i think the biggest thing is like you say the coaching but also you know Albiol and and Parejo added to some of the older players who have been around. Mm-hmm. I think just the leadership sort of on this team is is at a at a different place than 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 we may have had of you know it's not just sort of looking to somebody like Bruno and, mm-hmm. and expecting them to do that. You have guys all over the field um, at different points in their career who you know have been the guy in situations. Right. Um, exactly. And, and I think that's yeah. important. Yeah. So yeah, but not, I think I, yeah. the summary is that we should all enjoy because we I should all enjoy. We know how hard it is. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we know how these. hard it is. And I think that that's the other thing I would say is as a very all family, you, you know, you were around going back to the, you were at school in, in Barcelona when we had Raquel May, right? When we first qualified. First yeah. qualified. 2000, and 2005. Yeah, was, and, was and, it's like, and it's like, and so, I think for a lot of, for a lot of the, the early Virial Primera Champions League period, I mean, it all happened so quickly, right? I mean, Senior mm-hmm. Raj... And put, it all seemed to come so easily. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Senior Raj put, yeah. put money in the club. <laughs> I, you know, and he said, you know, basically we're going to try to get to the Primera within three years or something like that. Well, they made it in one. Now, you know, they were relegated back, but they immediately got promoted again. And then the whole thing about qualifying for for Europe, um, you know, the Champions League, yeah, it just all seemed to come so easily. And you didn't realize. I mean, here you are. You've been in. You've been in the first in the first domestic league for what five six years and suddenly you're playing in a, in a champions league semifinal. i don't think it really hit everybody that how how difficult this is and i think mm-hmm. and i think everything that's happened since then you know the fact that we've gotten to the to the uefa or well, i guess we did that before too but we got to, to the europa league semis before twice and didn't make it 
we we went we we got relegated from the league we had to get back you know all this stuff it's like i think we have a much different appreciation of, of it now and so i think that's one thing that i that makes me say just enjoy it because it is not this is not a given you know it, 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 competitions like this anymore you can't just put your you know put your name in in the draw and say oh yeah these guys are automatically going to go through the semifinals that's not going to happen so mm-hmm. I think it's I think that's the thing that I and I think the Oriel fans certainly the ones I've seen on uh, you know who are who are local and are on Twitter really get that that you know this this is this is a huge deal in, in some ways mm-hmm. getting getting this far has been tougher than getting where we got to in the past in in European competitions and so you know we we really need to realize how how important this is because you look at the other three teams that are there and there's teams with far bigger fan bases, far bigger budgets, far more revenues than we will ever have. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's just the way it is. And so we're kind of, you know, it, it is a bit of a David versus Goliath in that sense. Um, mm-hmm. And we should, I think that's what one of the British, the, one of the British press had, uh, had the David versus Goliath. Yeah. Uh, statistics yeah. up there about uh, titles and, and revenue and otherwise. But Alan, let, you, you don't even have to look far to make your point. Think about this. If Man United win, the other three Europa League semifinalists, none of them will even qualify for the Europa League next year. Yeah, well. Think about that. That's right, yeah. Not, not even one of the other three teams. Arsenal out of Europe. Roma would be in the conference with us yeah, if we lose. Yeah, that's true. So that's true. So that I mean, you know, again, in in the days of these giant squads and <laughs> all of those things and domestic leagues not being as competitive and the Super League and blah blah blah, if, you know, throw throw all that out the window. You you you're not even getting teams back into the second tier competition on a consistent basis. So right, right. it is very rare, and we can go back through and do the do the recap of all the things that happened. But you know, for one, is I think the draw was you know one that has killed us often in the past in Champions League playoffs and rounds of 32 in the Europa League and otherwise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We got one that was more favorable. Took advantage of some good luck when Salzburg had some player availability issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Had a relatively comfortable draw in the next two rounds, considering who we could have drawn. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, again, of the two halves of the bracket that were drawn at the quarterfinal stage, you'd have to say, having to have run through Ajax, Roma or Man United, I, I think, you know, poor Granada yeah. <laughs> got, yeah. got stuck in the wrong half of the bracket. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so all of these things. And, and then we had to make our own luck uh, mm-hmm. in, in the semifinal. So, yeah. Yeah. But all those things put together and, you know, making it to the stage to be there, I, I think one of the big points is you have to keep being there. So, you know, for a long time, I think you can look at somebody, um, you know, sort of one of the one hit wonders, the Alaves kind of things and say, oh, man, well, you know, they had that one year and they can live that forever. Well, I mean, (laughs) 
Yeah, you, but you should ask one of those teams that you know has the yo-yo of having gone up and down three or four times, or you know, mm-hmm. all of this. Their high moment this year was Javi Calleja saving them from relegation. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's a different story with all of the things that have gone on at that club. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, the point is consistently saying you're in the mix, uh, you have a chance, you have a reasonably competitive team. You know, you're getting into knockout rounds and things. Just just mm-hmm. being there on a year in year out basis does does get rewarded in the long run. It does, it does. I, I, of course, we didn't see as much of it this year because of the pandemic and everything. There wasn't the emphasis on the coverage in the way that there have been in some years. But you know, I think it. I think it's. I always get a thrill every time they show the, like when you got from the group stage to the of the Europa League and they have the draw for the round of 32 right and you got this auditorium full of people that are that, you know from the from the 32 clubs and it's you know in recent years we've usually had um Cristina and Hernan and um and uh Marco Senna there for representing Villarreal and then you see okay then there's a draw for the round of 16 and suddenly the the room is half as full as it was before, and there's Hernan, and there's Christina, and there's Marcos, you know, and 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 you, it, it's it, it, it kind of reminds me of when I was many years ago in high school and and did debate tournaments, and that would be how how you know you would, at the end of the regular tournament you would all assemble in the auditorium wherever you were, and they would announce the teams that went on to the knockout rounds, and it was that same thing, and it was like if you did really well. First of all, by the time you got to the final four or so, you know, I mean, there's virtually nobody left. And the other thing is, is that the more of that you do, the more respect you get from everybody else. The more everybody looks at you and say, oh, they're here again, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and that kind of thing. I just, I just love that. And so I think that's a that's a really that's a really proud thing for for Villarreal that, you know, yeah, there have been a lot of Spanish teams that have had one or two year runs in things like the UEFA Cup, but, you know, we've been able to get back to Europe most years and have good runs most years, and that's really a great thing. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think, to be honest, even in some of the coverage we received is a reflection of that. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. you said, the coverage we received going to Anfield, there's still the legendary Steve McMahon, and then uh, yeah, how did you lose to these guys? These guys, yeah, and yeah. they played trash, and you know whatever it is, and of course he can claim to be right after what happened, um, <laughs> whether whether there's any merit to it or not. But again, I think that point, right? You continue to be there. Okay, we were trash, but here we are again. <laughs> yeah, right. and uh and and where is where is liverpool in the knockout stages yeah, um yeah and you know again just uh, hiring hiring a manager of name and yeah. being able to sign somebody like alcacer who you know his two prior clubs were dortmund and barcelona why would he go to some hole in the wall place um you know all, all of those kinds of things and and again bringing in players like albiol even late in their career, who certainly yeah. command a lot of respect um, in in the game more generally, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then you make it, and then all of a sudden the script does flip. Yeah, and now it's been this building success story, whereas before it was, you know, so close but always the bridesmaid. Right, um, right. You know, so, 
So interesting how those narratives flip. And again, I think those are those are some of the sort of longer term uh, effects you'll see. And and just, you know, again, being able to watch something like the Europa League magazine show where they're talking about the two finalists and just see, you know, this small sleepy town (laughs) (laughs) that uh, that we've all been to and saying, yeah. That that's you know that's not just on on the map in terms of people know it in Europe, but you know a much bigger audience now and and yeah. yeah. So this is this is not something again even even if we don't win, but it's not something they can they can take away. That's exactly um, right. That's exactly right. And uh, so enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, enjoy it. So I don't know anything else to say except in the Van Villarreal, enjoy. You know, we've enjoyed the ride, um, and we'll enjoy competing on Wednesday. And may the team that deserves to win win. However, however that <laughs> goes out, I think that I think that's all we can ask is for our shot, and we've got it. I was gonna say I think I think I'd like to win even if we don't deserve to win. But uh, you <laughs> yeah, can I would. Be I, well, I would. Side. I would. I would like to win. But <laughs> I guess what I was thinking of is I. I really don't want um, the sort of, you know, I, I. I hate controversial things. You know, I hate controversial matches where you talk about how the referee screwed this. You know, that made this bad call and everything. So I. I guess I kind of don't want the match to turn on on something like that. Ideally. But if it's a bad call in our favor and it turns the match, I guess I'm not going to complain in the end, am I? So <laughs> Anyway, so I guess um, hopefully everybody uh, you know has their, has their plans for for Wednesday. Um, you know at least in, in the US, it's during the afternoon for a lot of us or during the day. So figuring out how to take off work if you're going into the office is one of those keys that you got to deal with. So, yeah. So anyway, I guess I think we've about exhausted it, but it's, it's been fun. It's been fun. Um, I'm sure we'll come back after, you know, during the, with a podcast afterwards and during the season, during the summer, obviously we'll have things, but um, it's been a, a great ride. It's been fun to work with you again on the podcast and everybody else that's been on them. And thanks for a thanks to you. Thanks to Virial. It's been a it's been an incredible year. Yes, indeed. 